Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Thank you, Almighty God, for a chance to be in your house and to worship you. Thank you, Father, for all the blessings you give us for those who care for us and watch over us. Thank you, Lord, for mothers here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for those who um, have shown their children your way and have brought them here. And, Father, some who are here this morning because of their moms. And We thank you for that. We pray, Father, that you would speak to us as we hear your word. Help us to be open to you throughout worship. And we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from John chapter 14. John 14 is one of those chapters that you're probably familiar with, at least parts of it. If you've ever been to a funeral, you've probably heard something from John chapter 14. Because you may remember, at the beginning of John chapter 14, uh, Jesus begins to share with his disciples that he's going to leave. And he says, do not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You remember that? In my Father's house are many, uh, I like the King James Version there, mansions. You know, I, we watch the H, H, what's the name, HDTV. Yeah, we watch the HDTV, is it HDTV? HGTV. We watch the HGTV and watch them build all those houses. I'm, I'm looking for a mansion. Uh, a room is nice, but... Uh, <clears throat> New International Version says room, but uh, you, you remember that passage, right? And, and so Jesus is telling his disciples, he's going to leave, but he's got a place for them. It's going to be okay. And, and then Thomas says, Lord, uh, we don't know where you're going. How will we know the way? And, and Jesus says, you may remember this passage, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You remember that? No one comes to the Father but by me. So he's setting them up to know where they're headed, where they're going. But you see, the disciples aren't so concerned about where they're headed, where they're going. They're real concerned about what about right now. And some of you may be in the same boat. I, you know, I hear people say all the time, well, Christians, all they're worried about is pie in the sky when you die by and by. You ever hear that? It took me a long time to memorize that. I still don't know. <clears throat> That's right, Kenny. That's all right. I, but, but we realize, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, I hope you realize that it's not a, all about tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow's important, but it's also about today. And so Jesus wants them to know about today. So in verse 15, he says this, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and will show myself to him. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. Lord, we are desperate for you. How many times we forget that. Stir in us again that desire, that need, that 
that hope that comes from you. Lord, we pray that you'd open our hearts and our eyes and our minds, that our thoughts would be on you, that, Lord, we would hear your voice in the midst of all that's done. We pray, Lord, that as we open your word, you would speak powerfully to us, that we would respond, that we wouldn't just hear, but that we would answer as you call to us. Father, I ask that you would speak through me, though I'm unworthy except by your incredible grace. And so, Lord, we ask that you would get all the praise and the glory, and we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I do want you to know that I have not forgotten that it's Mother's Day. Um, and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers who are here. Um, and just a reminder that we all have mothers, right? <clears throat> we all have mothers. Uh, you can't get out of having a mother. You, if your mother has gone from this life, you still have a mother. You uh, somehow were born, you had to have a mother. None of us here are without a mother. Uh, somehow you have a mom, and your mom may not be the best mom in the world. As a matter of fact, your mom might be a horrible mom, and you might have more than one mom. You might have had a birth mom, an adoptive mom, or you might even have a foster mom, and an adoptive mom, and a birth mom, or, or you might have a, a, a mom and a mom-in-law and a, and a great mom-in-law. Uh, you, you see... There's something about moms. They're everywhere. Moms are everywhere. And I learned that early on because it didn't matter what you did wrong, mom knew. She had to be everywhere. Somehow she knew when when something was done wrong. And so this morning we we celebrate mothers. Excuse me. Um, but I also want to make something else clear that I believe that moms are instilled in you in some way. And as you listen this morning, I hope you begin to see how that happens deep within you that mom is still there deep within you. Now, the neat thing is um, that. Uh, there are a lot of good things about moms, especially good moms, and we're going to talk about those. And those relate directly to the good things from God. And we're starting this morning talking about the Holy Spirit, or as some people call it, the Holy Ghost. And last week we mentioned ghosts, so I had to uh, fill that out. Uh, Dave helped me out there. Well, there are such things as ghosts, only one. It's called the Holy Ghost. All, all your other ghosts are, are figments, uh, are, are not real. Um, and so I, I want you to be very clear that there is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is real. And Jesus is sent, has sent us the Holy Ghost, and, and that is an incredible thing for us. And so we want to talk about how awesome it is to have the Spirit of God available to us at all times as a follower of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come and go. If you read the Old Testament, you'll hear the Spirit of God came upon so-and-so, and they prophesied, or they made this decision, or they did that, and then the Holy Spirit would leave. The Spirit of God would leave. 
But what's awesome about being a part of, the, of a follower of Jesus Christ is that Jesus said when He left, He was going to send the Spirit to dwell within us, to actually be in us. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. His presence is in you. And that is awesome. The hard part is, too often we ignore that presence in our lives. And so this morning, we want to look at this presence that is in our lives and, and, and see how that presence is revealed and sometimes seen even in our mothers. You see, God kind of mothered us. <clears throat> oh, by the way, uh, see, I'm getting ahead of myself already. I knew I was going to do this. Uh, <clears throat> so in John 14, Jesus says, um, <clears throat> The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him or knows Him, but you know Him for He what dwells with you and will be, will be in you. The reason why Jesus said will be is because He's talking to His disciples. He's still alive. Jesus is still with them. When Jesus left, He said He was going to send this Comforter who will be in them. He's going to dwell in them. Okay, have, have you heard that enough times? Let me say it one more time. The Holy Spirit <laughs> dwells within a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's an incredible presence to have in your life. Now, when, when Jesus was walking on this earth, He sometimes used uh, fe feminine attributes to describe who He was. And we use feminine attributes. That's our cultural understanding, right? And so He said this. He said, Oh, that I could gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks. You see, Jesus understood that there were images of a mother that He could use to show His disciples how much He loves them and cares for them. When we look at God, we see some of those same images that we see actually in our mom. And I hope you begin to see that this morning as we unload this, pack, uh, this passage. Are you with me? I feel like we're talking... Uh, uh, covering a lot of ground here in a short amount of time. So listen very carefully. We're going to see God as He works in our lives. And we're going to see how mothers work in our lives. And we're going to see how God has revealed Himself through mothers who are faithful. You with me? Okay. So, so we're talking about this morning the presence that is in us. The presence that is in us. Now the first one I always think of, and Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And if you want to show your mother that you love her, you will obey her, right? Uh, and we, we all know that. All the mothers say amen. <laughs> there you go. Uh, if you want to show me you love me, you obey me. And that's true for mothers today. <clears throat> when we were young, it was easy because there was no choice, right? Uh, because if you didn't obey, mom would just pick you up and drag you off, and that was all there was to it. But as you get older, as you get older, you have a choice whether or not to obey. And then you make that choice not because mom is bigger than you and is going to you know, drag you off, but because, well... <laughs> For some of you, you never get to that point. <laughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> Mom never gets smaller. There's some truth to that, uh, but mainly because you respect her. It reminds me of that mom. Do you remember? Um, do you remember the riots in Baltimore? 
And one of my favorite stories of those riots in Baltimore is that one mother. You remember her? Her, She's watching TV, and she sees her boy rioting, and she runs down. And you know what she's grabbing. What's she grabbing? She's grabbing his ear. You bet. (laughs) Now, this boy is big enough to take his mom on. I mean, there's no doubt this boy could take his mom on. Paulie says, no, he's not. <coughs> but, but he knows it's his mom. And she grabs him by the ear, which I think is great. And she dragged him home and said, don't you ever disrespect me like that again. <laughs> his eyes are big. <laughs> he's a, yeah, I'm not, I'm not messing with her. <laughs> oh, yeah. <coughs> Uh, where were we going with this? <laughs> so, so even though you might be bigger, because you respect your mother, because you love your mother, you obey your mother. Now, obviously, all of this is predicated on your mother teaching you the way that is right, right? Um, and so we're, we're, always, we're always open to that. that. It's the spirit of truth. Now, how, how do you know... Uh, well, let me say this. Jesus said the same thing, right? If you want to show me you love me, then you will obey my commandments. right? And so uh, the next question is, well, if we're going to show him we love him and we're going to obey him, we've got to know what he said. Right? And it's really not hard to know what he said. Think about it a minute. If I were to ask you, what does Jesus want you to do, what would you say? Love God and... And love each other. It's not hard. You know that. How do you know that? Well, because that's what he said. And he said it, by the way, if you read the scriptures, especially if you read the New Testament, but even if you read the Old Testament, you hear God say it over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, my, one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament is Deuteronomy 6 4, 6 4 and 5. And it's in Hebrew called the Shema. And what I like about it is it starts out, hear, O Israel, or listen, pay attention. This is way back in the Old Testament, okay? Deuteronomy 6.4. Listen, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And then he says what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your being, and love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that amazing? That's in the Old Testament. And then we hear Jesus say it over and over and over again in the New Testament. So if you're going to obey Jesus, it's really simple. Love God and love each other. And you know what? That should come to your mind over and over and over again. It's just like when you're going out the door and you don't have a coat on and you're 43 years old and you hear your mother in the back of your mind say, put on a coat, you're going to catch cold. What's that? Uh, 43? Hmm. Well, Mark, uh, the Lord works in mysterious way. (laughs) And why do you hear that? Because your mother's voice is inside your head. Uh, my grandmother's voice is inside my head too. Uh, my grandmother always made a big deal. We went to the cemetery every Sunday to Grandpa's grave when we were with her. She had her hat and gloves. And she'd work on the grave, make sure it looked nice. And we would play in the cemetery. And my grandmother would sit us down every time. 
don't you walk over a grave. That's what she'd say. Don't walk over a grave. And then I became a pastor. And the funeral director tells me we're going to take the direct route from where the casket is to the graveside. And I look at that route and I see 15 graves between me and there. And every one I hear grandma say, don't walk over a grave. Don't walk over a grave. And when we're done, I walk around (laughs) because I hear my grandmother's voice. Because why? Because it's instilled within me. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus has given you His Spirit to dwell within you. And that Spirit speaks to you. It's that voice. It's God's voice inside of you. And it's telling you over and over again, don't forget to love God. And don't forget to love each other. And when you're tempted to do something that you know will hurt somebody else, or something that will put you in the, in, in the limelight, but will take somebody else out. Whenever you are at that point where you have to make a choice, do I do this or do I do that? You hear Jesus' voice in the back of your head. Love me. And if you love me, you will do what? Obey me. And love each other. It's not rocket science, folks. It's God's voice. It's God's presence in your life. Speaking loudly to you. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, you have no idea what that's like. And and you probably weren't brought up like I was. Singing that song. You remember that song, don't you? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down with love. (laughs) Be careful, little mouth, eyes, whichever it is. Well, wherever you go, there's verses. I I, I know there's verses. I was just trying to mix them there, because I know you know what. what, If you grew up in church, you hear that. Okay, Uh, uh, years ago. I mean, my age or younger or older. I mean. So, uh, do, do, you, do, you hear what, do you hear what I'm saying? God is speaking within you. His presence is powerful to speak within you. And if you have a question, if you're trying to make a choice, if you're trying to understand any, uh, something in your life, stop a minute and ask Jesus whose presence is with you and listen for His voice. And I can guarantee you, He'll begin by saying, it's simple, love me and love each other. Not hard. So the first thing he does is he speaks to us, that presence within us. Just like mom's voice, Jesus' voice speaks. Second of all, uh, there's something incredible about a mother's love. A mother gives us love, or should. Now, not all mothers are, I know, I know. Some of you are saying, well, my mom doesn't do that. All right, I hear you. But I want you to know there are mothers here that would love to love you. Because mothers who love have extra love. It's amazing. It just kind of spills over. And they, they, they're willing to love. And what's interesting about mothers who love is they love some of the worst kids there are. And, and this is one of my favorite. I mean, I can't. Kelvin and Hobbes was the best cartoon ever. 
and, and uh, here's Calvin, and he doesn't want to eat whatever's on his plate. And his face is all screwed up. And you know that he was not an easy child to love. But he was still loved by his mother. How can that be? When kids misbehave, can you love them? Well, mothers seem to be able to do that. As a matter of fact, I've seen interviews with mothers whose kids were horrible criminals. Uh, Just the other night, we watched a documentary on Bonnie and Clyde. And Bonnie and Clyde, one of their downfalls was they kept going home. Why did they go home? Because they knew their moms loved them. It was a place where they could be loved. As bad as they were, as awful as the things they were doing, and their mothers didn't approve of what they were doing, but they loved their children. Some of you may be in that boat this morning. You may be saying, man, my kids, I don't know what happened. I mean, I I love them and look at them. They're a mess. And if you're one of those kids, let me remind you, you show your mother that you love her by... Obeying her, correct. Listen very carefully. What's neat is a mom will love you anyway. That blows me away. That a mom will love you anyway. What's really neat is we have a Savior who will love you anyway. And some of you may be here this morning saying, well, I've done some really bad things and and I don't think God could love me. I want you to know that God loves you so much. It's incredible. And what you've done does not negate His love for you. The the Apostle Paul, we call him the Apostle Paul. If you don't remember, he was a murderer. And God welcomed him into his family. And God loves you that much. The Scripture, John 3.16, you all know it, right? How does it start? For God so loved the world. He he didn't pick some. He's going to love some and not love others. No, he loved the world. As a matter of fact, even when we weren't lovely, he loved us. Romans 5 8 tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. One translation said, while we were still enemies of God, he died for us. That's how much. He loves you. And that love will never change. That's what's awesome about being a follower of Jesus Christ. You know you are loved no matter what happens in your life. You know you are loved beyond a shadow of a doubt. And that will never change. And circumstances in your life will change. And you may go places you know you shouldn't go or do things you know you shouldn't do. That will not change God's love for you. God, like a mother, continues to love us. Continues to love us. Over and over again. And did you notice that mothers tend to stick with their children? Which to me is amazing. Uh, Because some children I know, uh, you know, they, they keep pushing everybody away. But moms keep pushing toward. Pushing toward. That's exactly like our God. One of my favorite Old Testament books is the book of Hosea. I don't know if you've ever read the book of Hosea. Hosea is called to marry a prostitute, a whore. That's what God calls him to do. You didn't know that stuff was in the Bible, did you? (laughs) I'm telling you what, there's worse stuff than that in there. 
But Hosea is called to marry a whore. And so he marries this woman. And he gives his life to her. And they have a couple children. And she begins to long for her earlier life. And so eventually she runs away from Hosea. And Hosea turns to God. And God says, Hosea, what I want you to do, I want you to pursue her. And if I were Hosea, I'd be saying, what? And God says, go after her. I want you to go get her. And so Hosea goes to her, and she's, she's under a pimp now, and so he has to buy her from the pimp. So he pays for her from the pimp so he can bring her home. And God says, now tell my people that's how much I love them. I am going to pay the price so that they can be a part of my family again. I'm going to bring them back. They've run from me, but I pursue them. And I'm going to die for them so that they can be forgiven. You see, the Scripture says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And so if somebody's got to pay the price, it's going to be you or it's going to be Jesus. And Jesus paid the price for you. That's how much He loves you. So that He could bring you to His house. And that, that's the kind of love that our God has for us. And He fills us with that love. And He comes to live within us so that we would never be orphaned again. Now, I want you to listen very carefully because I know a, a number of people who, as young kids, their mother has died. And so they've grown up without their birth mother. And sometimes they have struggled because they, they see themselves as all alone. Especially if it's a girl whose mother's died. Something about mothers and daughters have this connect. And so there they are without the mother's love. And sometimes they struggle with feeling loved at all. Even though dad might have poured everything into this child. They, they wonder if, if they're really loved. And I want you to know that Jesus really loves you. And He loves you so much that He never wants you to feel the orphan. He comes into your life. Jesus said, I will send My Spirit to be within you so that you would always know that you are loved. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're filled with the love of God all the time. All the time. You may not feel it. You may push it aside. You may say, I don't want to feel that love right now. That's up to you. But Jesus is always there. And He always wants to fill you with that love. And if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, He wants to fill you with that love. He's just waiting for you to say yes to Him. And ask Him to come in. Wouldn't that be great? I wish everybody here would know the love of Jesus every day of their lives. You see, we miss it when we don't become a follower of Jesus Christ. Because we don't see it. Jesus said here, the world doesn't see me. They, don't, they can't see it. They don't understand it. That I love them this much. Because they refuse to, to receive it. I, I think of all those times when you get the gift at, at your birthday or on Mother's Day. Some of you got a gift this morning. Flowers or a vacuum or broom or something. 
I lived with a guy once, gave his wife, gave his wife a broom every Mother's Day. I said, this isn't right. <laughs> What's that? No, he didn't sweep the floor with it. <clears throat> it's, it's, not, it's not a good plan, guys. Not a good plan, okay? Uh, but you, you get that gift, and the question is, are you going to receive that gift or not? Um, what, what happens if you don't receive that gift? You don't, you don't receive that love, that peace. Jesus offers you that gift this morning, but you have to receive it. It, it doesn't just automatically come. You have to say yes. He's not going to push His way into your life. See, that's not what love is about, right? If somebody loves you, they don't push their way into your life. They simply love you and wait for you to respond. And when you respond, then you experience that incredible love. If you don't respond, you'll never experience that love. Jesus offers you that love today. You see, it's not just about eternity. It's for right now. And the choice is yours. That spirit of love comes to fill us. And maybe this morning you've been holding back and places you've been pushing Jesus aside and you're not feeling His love deep within. This morning, I, I would beg you just to Allow Him to come and move in there. And sometimes it's because you have pulled away. And He's calling you back. You see, Jesus said, I will never not leave you as orphans. He also said in another place, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's how much He loves us. So He gives us love. And then lastly, uh, obviously mothers give us life, right? Now, I understand it's not mothers who give us life. It's God who gives us life, and He uses mothers to bring life to us. And that's an awesome thing. And what an incredible opportunity for a mother to bring life into this world. That, that's incredible. But I want to say something even more incredible. You see, like bringing life into the world is just the start, right? You see... Uh, life continues on. And if you really want to be a good mother or a life giver, then you don't just give birth. You give nurture and care, right? You help this child to grow. And, and as a mother, there are some mothers here who didn't give birth to their children, but they have mothered their children in such a way that they could know that incredible love and that life that comes from having assurance in, in, in your heart and in your, in your life. So you grow, and, and mothers work that nurture, right? It's not just the one-time thing. Life is a nurturing process. If you want a plant to grow, I can, I can tell you right now, if you don't water a plant, it's not going to grow. And I know that from personal experience. When we first moved into the parsonage in Livermore Falls, uh, there was a cactus. Well, I, I moved in. We weren't married yet, but I moved in. There was a cactus that someone left, and I brought it into the house. thought, wow, a cactus. That's cool. Yeah. You know, even cactuses need water once in a while. Cacti, cacti thank you. Even cacti need water once in a while. If you don't nurture it, it doesn't grow. You see, Jesus came that we might have life. 
And that life is not just a one-time experience where you say yes to Jesus. That's the start. That's the start. But what Jesus wants is us to grow in Him. To become mature in Him. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul frequently in his letters railed against church people because you think you got it all together because you said yes to Jesus, but you stopped growing. As a matter of fact, at one point he says, you're still having spiritual milk when you should be having solid food. And you think somehow that you are growing simply because you came Sunday morning. And I admit, you come Sunday morning, I think you'll get a lot out of the worship experience. But Jesus has so much more for you. He wants to meet with you every day. You see, He lives within you. And so He wants you to grow every day. He wants to challenge you at every step. He wants you to see Him at work wherever you turn. He wants you to be ready to be used by Him so that you could step out in faith and do something new, something exciting, something filled with His Spirit and His grace. But you miss it. I missed it last week. I think it was last week, maybe the week before. I missed it totally. There's a guy that works the desk at the hospital. And and I've been dying to share the gospel with him. I don't know if he knows Jesus or not. But he's a lot of fun. And and I I went to the desk a couple weeks ago. And I said, you know, I, I need to go visit someone. He said to me, do you know where you're going? And I said, yeah, the fifth floor. And then he was busy doing something else and off it went. And I got to the fifth floor and I thought that was stupid. God just gave me the perfect opportunity. I've been looking for an opportunity. The guy asked me, do you know where you're going? How easy is that? So the good news is we have a forgiving God who will give us another chance. So I'm looking for that second chance. I'm not going to miss it next time. You see... God constantly gives us opportunities. And we miss them because we're not looking for Him at work in our lives. He's right inside of us. He's calling us all the time. He's placing things in front of us over and over again. But we're too caught up in our own self and what we're doing, where we're headed in our life. And it's not our life. It's His. He came to live within us so that we could live His life. Our life stinks. It does. You say, well, my life's pretty good. Yeah. You go to work every day, you come home, what's that? Does it change the world? Does it make a difference in anybody else's life? You see, Jesus has so much more for you. Some of you have been chasing the money dream. Well, if I had enough money, man, then I'd feel feel at peace. No, you won't. There's never enough money. You don't believe me? Go to the casino. That's the whole point of the casino, people. You see, you go there and you give them money and they're going to give you lots of money, right? And so you get that lots of money and what do you do with it? You go home and say, hey, look what I... No. You go to the next machine and you take all that money you just won and you put it back in the machine. It's never enough. Oh, if I had just a little more. If I could make a little more. But you see, when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's something new and exciting each and every day that He puts in your path. All you got to do is look for it. He wants to give you life. Jesus said a little while longer, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Listen to this. Very important. 
Because I live, you will live also. Now, one of the most exciting things about being a follower of Jesus Christ goes to the next step, you see. Because once he comes to live within you, the scripture says he becomes the guarantee of eternal life. So you see, when, when, when Jesus comes to live within you, it's not just for now either. It's forever. Forever. He's going to give you life every day, every day, every day. And I can guarantee you, someday we are going to go to your funeral and we're going to sit around your dead body. And I'm, my question is, are you going to be alive or are you going to be dead? You see, Jesus' Spirit comes to live within us, and it gives us life, and it gives us eternal life. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, when you die, that's not all there is. One of the saddest funerals I ever went to, I talked to the family, they said, well, we believe this person's dead, and that's all there is. They're in the ground, that's it. I said, really? Really, that's it? I said, no hope. Nope, that's it. I said, that's a shame because the Bible teaches us that if you put your trust in Jesus, you have life today, which is exciting. But even more exciting, you have eternal life yet to come. A life that knows no more pain, no more sickness, no more death. A life that's perfect. The life Jesus wanted for us to begin with begins today and lasts forever. See, moms can't do that. Mom can, can birth you and mom can nurture you, but there comes that point where mom's not going to be there. Here's the good news. Jesus will still be there. And his life will continue to build in you as you put your trust in him. As you obey him, you'll discover how much you love him. And as you love him, you'll discover how much he loves you. And as you follow him, you'll discover how awesome life is. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we can't thank you enough for your spirit that has come to dwell within us. For Jesus, without your spirit, there would be times when there would be no hope in our lives. Without your spirit, there would be times when we would be so confused, not knowing where to turn or what to do, that we would be immobilized. There would be times, Lord Jesus, when we would feel so all alone. And Jesus, we're aware that there may be someone here this morning that feels that way. They don't have a direction. They don't, have, they don't feel loved. They don't, they don't feel like anybody really cares. This morning, Lord Jesus, we pray that you touch their hearts. That even now they would say, Jesus, I give you my life. That they might discover the life you've given, that you offer them and that you've given to us. Lord Jesus, help us not to leave without being aware of your presence in our lives and begin to use that presence and be obedient to that presence as we take each step through this next week. And thank you, Lord, for our moms who do such a good job 
sharing with us who you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.